Welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today, I am your host, Ian. The finally ghost of Tsushima, I can say that. Um, the ghost underneath your bed, the spirits haunting your home, Tui's Ian, baby, that's me. Joining us to my virtual left, we have the scientific 14th doctor himself, number one in our pencils, number two in our hearts, Kyle with a K. <laughs> Ian, Ian, baby. Doom, 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 doom. Ian, Ian, baby. What's up, man? <laughs> I don't know where you're from, but uh, I'm, I'd like to think that um, that's how it started. That's how his, his lyrics, from pen to paper, he, he was thinking about you when <laughs> he was writing that song. When I was still a sperm. Mm-hmm. And also joining us, taking a rest from saving the day at San Francisco uh, Bay, we have the elastic Mr. Fantastic, Brendan Jesus Ortega. That one was pretty good. It was pretty good. And I'm going to interrupt this real quick because he gets my intros wrong. <laughs> and he tries to shoot my intros down. And then Brendan, deservingly so, gets great intros. Great intros. Uh, I digress. Printing. Ortega, what's up? I, I was going to do a whole bit, um, but that was better than my bit. So, um, hi. I'm good. I'm chilling. I uh, got my coffee. Not, actually, I'm a little hungover. I drank so fucking much yesterday. And then, I got, stri- and then I got stranded <laughs> at Penn Station again. Because um, there was a fucking fatality. Um, yeah, there was a fatality on the <gasps> Um, yeah, there was a fatality, and all of the oh, trains like a real death. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say only on this podcast. Oh, my bad. Oh yes, no, yeah, it was. Yeah, that wasn't a bit. There was a real death. Um, so all of the, all of the trains were uh were stopped. So there was this very nice gentleman at the bar whose name was also Brendan, spelled the exact same way as mine. And you don't really see that often. It's either like an E-N or an O-N. I never um, thought about it. Never heard of an O-N, Brendan. Or am I tripping? Like Brandon. Yeah, that's Brandon. <laughs> no, the, the... That's Brandon with an E. Not so Brandon with an O. I've, I've actually looked this up. Uh, mm. The overwhelming majority of people with the name Brendan have it spelled E-N. B-R-E-N-D-E-N. And then uh, below that is B-R-E-N-D-O-N. So the D-A-N is the least common way to spell it. Well, now you we totally know. lost me with all, the, with all that spelling. Um, but how have you guys been today? It's a, it's a fine, beautiful morning. It is October 1st. <laughs> or actually, no, this is... It's October 1st. This is definitely... Whenever this, you could say when we're recording, it doesn't have to be fucking (laughs) so critic. It's October first. It's plot holes on a on a Sunday. It's just actively creating plot plot holes. Yes, but this will be coming out the twentieth. This is our first, or or maybe not. Who knows? Who knows when it's going to come out? You'll you'll listen to it when you get it. All right, and you'll be happy. All right, (sighs) or else. Uh, Let's just get into Rex. Uh, Kyle, what you been up to? This, what do you think, week? man? What do you think? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I really haven't been feeling uh, movies, you know, lately. I'm still in that, uh, you know, dry spell. Um, but this video game that I've been playing for the past like 50 years, uh, it's called Pong. Yeah, I really uh, platinum the game. Uh, sorry, go ahead. If Pong had a platinum, though, I'd go for it for sure. Um, just, just to be clear. <laughs> Uh, I uh, how hard a Tetris Platinum would be. Yo, Oof. Oof. Pong I've seen how people though. play. It's kind of insane. Dude, like pro players, it is yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Kyle, you do you do your thing. Tetris is so good. Anyway, uh, I've been uh, sick the past week. Um, pretty bad during the first half, and then slowly getting better. I've had the old Rona. The old coronavirus. Well, you're uh, glowing. You are glowing right now. Okay. I, I don't know what you've yeah. done, but uh, you look better than both Ian and I. I and you're the one who's. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but I'm trying. Um, but no, I. So I, I've just been 
been vegging bed to couch, couch to bed, bed to couch, couch to bed uh, for the past week, trying to rest up. As some of you may know, I have a heart issue, so I haven't been able to move and do a whole lot for some reason. Uh, well, not for some reason. I got Rona! And it's been uh, affecting that. So um, I've just been taking it easy. And I use this as time to play one of my comfort games, which is Resident Evil 4. It makes me happy and comfortable. So I've been doing that. And I finally 100%ed it. Got the separate ways achievements, which was insane. Uh, 100%ed all of the uh, the mainline stuff. So yeah, that's that's all I've been doing is just kind of chilling and playing that. and. Uh, Man, that game's good, dude. That's all I have to say. Can't wait for Ian to play it. Ian to play it? I, I have played it. Um, Brendan, recommendations? Anyone you, uh, you want to shout out? So be, before I... Uh, I'll, I'll make this quick. Uh, for Do you guys remember last year, <clears throat> maybe a year and a half ago, and Kyle, I recommended this show to you. Um, I talked about a show called 30 Coins, 30 Coins. a... Yeah, mm-hmm. the Spanish show from HBO Europe. Uh, season two is uh, pr- uh, has previously uh, premiered at Fantastic Fest, and I had the, the the press contact info for the guy running the PR for that show. Um, so I sent him my articles, and I was like, "Hey, I know you're not showing Thirty Coins virtually, but I'm obsessed with the show. Could I get it?" Uh, so he sent me episode one and two of season three of 30 coins and it is gnarly. The first two episodes have so much action packed into them. It is insane. Paul Giamatti is in it. Um, and he's, uh, the only uh, American actor in it. And I would think so. Yeah. Although part of just about to ask, like, I hope they don't bring too many people in because, I like the authenticity of just the Spanish cast. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so season two takes place uh, in three different locations in Spain. One of the locations, the majority of people are French speaking, so I don't understand that. That might be a cultural thing I'm missing out on. Um, and there's a very small portion of the first two episodes that take place in New York, um, which is where Paul Giamatti is. And they had. Some episodes that took place briefly there in yes. the first season. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but I'm all caught up. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I'm, Why did I'm, we never talk no, about this? We just, I just, you know, one thing or another. Yeah, but no, I'm ready to go when it comes out. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm ready hmm. to go, man. Hmm. Um, but yeah, season, uh, season two is great so far. Um, but the big thing, Saw Saw X, uh, I, the first 20 minutes, and I'll be very upfront with this. I was very concerned because I was not digging the first 20 minutes. Um, yeah. So what about the first 20 minutes did you not like? Spoiler free. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I'm not going to spoil that Amanda Pegg's John. Um, oh, shit. Did I say that? Uh, <laughs> it's... They are doing what they did for Jigsaw or uh, uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, and it's a linear story. And I don't like that about Saw. I want my Saw films to start with an opening kill, mm-hmm. give us cop plot, and then from the cop plot we go into the main game, which is usually five. Which is the main game is five to six people usually, um, and then it intermittently cuts between cop plot, John Kramer, and how these people got into this situation. Um, Saw X does a bit more of giving you the entire fucking twenty minute story of how these people ended up in this trap, and then it stays linear from there. There's not too many flashbacks, but the traps and the kills and the direction that the story goes and the twist. Uh, I, I will say that might be my favorite twist in a Saw movie only because it doesn't seem thought of after the fact where, you know, for instance, like uh, when we find out in Saw 3D that Dr. Gordon has been in on it the whole time, you know, that that's obviously a little retconned. I would say he has. Damn. Uh, 
What was that sci for? Yeah, what was that sci for? The movie's been out. The movie's been out for fucking fifteen years. If you have, if you don't know the twist to Saul, I'm sorry. Doctor Gordon was in on it too. Um, but yeah, so it's just a very linear. Wait, story. So the guy just real okay. Try to make this as short of an answer as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm talking about like sentence or two. Okay, the guy from the first one mm-hmm. was he? He's been in on it since the beginning. Yes. Even since he okay, so after yes. after he gets no, captured, after, after then, he cuts okay. his leg off. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's less dumb. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I I, pro- I probably worded that incorrectly. Like after no, no, the no, first no, couple no, of movies, you, you realize worded, you worded it fine. I just was. I thought. Yeah. I guess I just assumed he's been on it since the beginning, since oh, okay. the first one. So I was like, how the fuck was he in on it? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um. But yes, uh, so the kills are fantastic. The twist I I really, really enjoyed. And there is a cameo in it that I didn't think was going to happen. And it happened. And I almost cried. So. Is it? I don't want to hear what it is. I don't give a fuck. Hey, can you silence yourself? Or can, in take no, no, Kyle. Will, will I even know who it is? Because like, I've only seen the first two. Uh, you might. Eh, fuck it. D- don't worry about it. Tell oh, me off shit. here. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll text, text it to you. Yeah. No, I'm still gonna watch it, but, you know, I'm sorry. Ian, what about you? What have you thought to? I'm at a total loss of thought. Oh, I'm Ian. I, I haven't had time to do anything except for fucking log the 42 films on Letterboxd that I did. Oh, I'm so, my life is so hard. Oh, I never have time to do anything anymore except watch movies all day long. Sorry, go ahead, Ian. So the 40 movies that I've watched uh, this week is going to... I watched... I can't. <laughs> it throws you off. It does. Um, I only watch four movies, uh, or three movies, and a little animated series, Golden Boy, uh, which came out in 1995. It was pretty good. Um, it follows like the kind of um, earlier manga detective work of like putting this one. Person, this one like a uh, mascot of a of a character into like other people's lives, and then like letting their troubles unravel, and then the main character kind of like coming in and solving the whatever they have, you know, whatever problem they have. Um, it's it was good, super etchy and um, Et- etchy, etchy, yeah. It's <laughs> it's a word. It's 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 a word. Um, okay, well, can you explain the word? <laughs> it's um. It's kind of like uh, another word for lewd. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. A little saucy, a little saucier, you know, horny. Okay, it's horny. Yeah. I thought you were trying um, to say edgy. And then... No, no. Um, okay. And then I watched Firebase, which is a Killer short. Name. What? Cool name. Yes. And it was a cool short from uh, Neil... Uh, Blomkamp. Camp. He's the dude who did like. Are you um, serious? I was just kidding. It's actually Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, yeah. He did District Nine, Elysium, Chappie, uh, the newest Gran Turismo. Yeah, we know who he is. Uh, I we I for the audience. Okay. <laughs> oh, Kyle. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, Neil. Uh, don't know if heard of Blomkamp. Uh, but sorry, go ahead. Uh, I always knew he had like that little uh body horror element into his films, but this one explores it a little more and gets uh there's a little more of that in this film and it's uh it's weird sci-fi e mythical i've heard people describe it as etchy vietnam based <laughs> it's cool what are your thoughts on elysium overrated underrated that that's the matt damon circle world that? movie mm-hmm. I fall into the camp of underrated, but I know a lot of people don't like underrated, underrated, right? Underrated. Okay. I just want to check because that movie gets some hate and I don't get it. I I mean, I get it. I get people's like complaints about it, but also it's not enough to like weigh it down that much. What what also just hate Matt Damon. Sorry, pretty good. What I thought was odd about the movie that came out in 2012, 2011. 2013 nah, later yeah okay so it was five years after the aca 
And it was basically just a movie about universal health care, and they weren't very coy about it. I think mm. maybe if it was 2010, 2011, and they were trying to do a healthcare for everyone movie, uh, I think it might have played better, but it felt very heavy handed when I saw it. Do you think a lot of people that are watching it now, though, are really watching it through that lens? Like, I, I don't know if like modern day audiences and like newer generations are maybe even, not like, really maybe, maybe it's at worth it that a rewatch. Yeah, I don't know. No, but to, to your point, though, I totally get what you're saying. It's very heavy handed. Yeah, very. But um, oh man, I I just like that movie. The visuals are awesome, and I don't know. It's cool. It's a really cool movie. I just like his atmosphere, and the types of films he makes are yeah, very unique. Super unique. Yeah, me too. He's got his own style. Oh, um, yeah. Ever since I saw his Halo short film back in the day, it lit the fucking world up by storm, dude. That's what got him famous, dude. It was insane. Dude, his Halo short film is so good. But, um, yeah. Halo 3 Landfall. Halo Landfall, 2007. Dude, it's so fucking good. I will watch that. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to put on your 2007 lenses because obviously the CGI is a little me. But um, it's like literally coming off of Halo 3, which is arguably the biggest Halo. And the like the hype train for Halo could not get higher at that point in 2007. And I don't know how he just released that, but it is like so good with the ODSTs dropping in. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's fine. And it's so good. Anyway. But we're not here, folks. To hear Kyle relate everything he can to video games, we're not here to talk he about comes back to video games. X. We're not here to spoil anything for you, except for the movie we are about to cover today, which is the 2015 Southbound. Mm. Kyle hit us. Actually. <laughs> The 2015 anthology film Southbound would bring many previous collaborators together for their new take on the anthology film. Working with Matt Bentinelli Open and Chad Villeja, nailed it. <laughs> um, also known as Radio Silence, uh, founder of Bloody Disgusting, Brad Miska would start the adventure for another anthology film with the success of VHS breathing down their neck. Uh, Miska and Radio Silence decided to tell one twisting tale rather than four uh, singular vignettes with a wraparound story. <sighs> Reach around start. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, we haven't said it. Welcome, folks, to Anthalatober. Anthalatober. Um, <laughs> uh, Miska would bring Roxanne Benjamin, David Bruckner, and Patrick Hovarth as writers-directors for their own segments. Southbound had its world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival and even did have a limited theatrical release, which brought in just under $25,000. The filmmakers worked tirelessly to, to craft terrifying tales, but it's the intricacies of this film that really bring it together. The end result created a fairly critically positive film with uh, generally good ratings. Um, it still holds an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.7 on IMDb. Um, Mondo, rest in peace, would even release a limited edition vinyl of the film soundtrack. Um, there was very limited information on this film, Ooh. guys. I'm sorry. Um, they have a soundtrack? Uh, the well, soundtrack rocks. Yeah, Mondo released it. I don't think, I think like you would have vinyl to. Southbound? What? Yeah. Um, but for my terrible transition, um, but it looks like our GPS sent us the wrong way. It uh, looks like we're going oh. southbound. I, there's no way I can top what I did last week. So I I forgot what last week was. That was the Friday the 13th one. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's pretty good. Yeah. So thank you, Brendan, for those amazing fear facts. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are going to get into our full thoughts. Where'd you watch it? Would you buy it? We're going to be starting with Kyle. With God the damn it, I was looking up the fucking vinyl. Um, yeah, so I'm going to post this in the chat really quick because it's fucking cool. Uh, it's Is it still on sale anywhere? E no, it's you could buy it secondhand on eBay, but it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um. So, Southbound, 
I can't remember my first viewing of this or how it even like came to be. I don't know if I just kind of discovered it or if I was looking up movies to watch. I don't remember. But I remember watching this by myself one night. And um, I fell in love with it, honestly. Um, I still love this movie. Not even like. I love this movie a lot. Um, I think it's a very cool way to make an anthology film um it's it's very well put together as far as the way the stories interconnect within one another and it kind of creates like a southbound universe the way it's told almost in a way of it's not about the characters involved in the story but more about the location and what it does to the people around them and that to me just like it's 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 very interesting to me i think with the way they've set up this location and the way the story plays out, they could have so many separate stories within this this place. And I'm a little surprised they haven't made a Southbound 2 up until recently hearing Brendan's Fear Facts and how much or how little money it made, which is probably the main c- contributor of why there was never a sequel. But um, this movie to me is, it stands in this little pocket of films that I think is uh, just had a time and place and is I wouldn't say underrated because I can understand why people don't like the film. Um, but I just think it's got some talented people connected to it. You could see the difference between um, each story and the way it's filmed. Every single story has its own little flair on it. Um, I love how they're almost like little Twilight Zone episodes as well. Like like. I don't know. And I love the lack of cuts in between the stories. I love how it's just from one character to the next. Um, No one's really important. It's just a bunch of different things that are happening simultaneously. And I don't know. It just, this movie always spoke to me in like a really cool way. And I always kind of carried the Southbound flag. But um, I totally get why people may not like it it is not your like traditional uh like anthology film but ian made the comparison in the discord yesterday not intentionally but it is kind of like trick-or-treat in the sense of the way the stories play out and the way they're told it's all happening with like within this you know this little town and things are all happening simultaneously in different storylines and i don't know i just really like this film um, I, I like the people that are involved in it, and uh, I don't own it, but I will if 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 I could find myself a physical copy, which I'm, I'm I think they still sell. I've never actually even looked this up, but yeah, I like this movie a lot. I have never seen a physical copy in the wild for this movie. Yeah, me neither. Brendan, full thoughts. Where'd you watch it? Would you buy? I <clears throat> watched it on Tubi. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Um, I would add this to my collection. I've sat down to watch this movie two or three times, and I've never really made it <clears throat> past the the ten minute mark. I don't know why. Um, it's not that it wasn't appealing to me. It's just I, I don't know. I like how they decided they wanted to do another anthology film, but they wanted to kind of separate themselves from VHS, from the VHS style. And my thought is uh, they thought they would be able to hold their own in another anthology film. And I think that they did. And I don't know why this movie doesn't have, you know, whenever you look at a top 15 anthology film list this movie is usually on there so it it's weird to me that this movie isn't more successful than i mean it has an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes i guess that's pretty successful but i just don't know why it doesn't have more popularity to it i did thoroughly enjoy the overwhelming majority of this movie um cow do you hear that yeah Ian, did you do something to your, to your mic? Yeah, my um, my computer's taking flight with the fan. Oh. Oh. Um, I'll, turn, I'll take off the charger. Um, 
yeah, I I did thoroughly enjoy most of this. Whenever I watch a movie, I always kind of one of the factors I I've never even talked about this, but one of the factors that I kind of take into account is would I want to live in this world? <laughs> I would want to live in the Saul world because I think that would be dope. Or um, I would be afraid to live in the insidious world because what if I somehow astral project one night and get myself fucking stuck and I don't have a Patrick Wilson to help me? Um, I would be so interested to live in this southbound universe because if this is what's happening in this one specific area, who knows what else could be happening in the rest of America? I think it's really unique and different. And the way, like my my favorite transition is, uh, who's the guy that does the surgeries? His name Lucas. I love um, this transition too. Yeah, Lucas you, is driving sorry, away from yep, the and hospital, and then just picks up from another one the dispatcher that. that was talking with him was just on a fucking payphone like it's so yeah. weird yeah and i really wish that more i mean i feel like people know about this movie i'm repeating myself but i wish more people talked about it more i agree and would you add it to, to your collection yes yeah 100 um this makes three of us uh, Tubi Brothers for Life. Tubi, please sponsor us. Um, <clears throat> watch us on the tubes. Uh, I would add this to my collection for sure. Um, if it had like a nice slipcase to it, I would prefer that. Um, but you know, I I thought Kyle actually did have a Blu-ray of this because mm-hmm. never, never did. You suggested this film to me, and. Yeah. I don't know how I watched it. Um, it was I'm, on a lot of streaming services for yeah. a while. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah it was. Like, like it comes and goes. It's weird. Okay. Also, Brent. real quick, um, every every copy of this movie that's <clears throat> available on Amazon is some ridiculous region. Mm. Um, so. so maybe they didn't make a physical for it's odd. Yeah, for an American film. Mm-hmm. Um, this film is very, very, very solid. Um, I think all of the shorts hold their own. They are all very interesting. I like the transitions. I, I, along with these guys, they all, uh, said it had its own world. Um, these guys are both looking at their phones the same time. That is insane. Um, it's its own world. Mm-hmm. I like that there's uh, different, like, kind of spooky things going on, whether it be like a killer, demons, a cult with, with, with like, uh, uh, werewolves or whatever. Um, and then some, like, family that's also in some different cult. Um, this is, movie. Were they? Is that what that family was? I was. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the family. We'll I'm get sorry. into it. Um, the gore or the, the monster design is nice. Everything is very, very, very solid. I like this quite a bit. Um, let's get into it. Uh, Kyle, I want you to hit us with your thoughts for, uh, the way out and you can spoil the way in as well. Um, can you, which the way out is the intro which is the two guys coming in. The demons are following them. Uh, They eventually get uh, in sort of loop situation. The demon comes and kills one of the men, uh, and then the other one gets trapped in a loop. And then the way out is their reach-around story. Um, One of the main guys, is that one of the directors of Radio Silence? The, he looks, the the both the of the guys guy. from the oh, intro the, are radio silence. The yeah the blonde, yeah yeah the blonde guy is uh, uh, Matt Bettinelli open okay and the other yeah guy yeah is, I, the Luke I've seen guy. some interviews about Scream and so I I like I recognize him from the interviews. Um, <clears throat> these guys have a cool visual style. Mm-hmm. I like their camera work a lot. Like you could tell, especially now that they're they've gotten more um, popularity through through the Scream um, franchise, you can see their DNA in this. Like, the way it's filmed and shot with the, uh, like, the lighting and stuff, it's very Scream. Very Scream. Um, I like this director a lot. I think that this sets up the movie nicely. Uh, it's it's very much like a what-the-fuck kind of moment. You're, you're trying to piece together, like, what's going on. But in a sense, 
you're doing that the whole movie. So it kind of sets up your expectations on like how it's going to play out and how the film is going to be paced. Um, the visual effects are surprisingly well done for such a low budget film. The CGI does not look bad at all. Um, you could tell, um, especially in the faraway shots, which is weird because the faraway shots, the creatures look a little bit less effective than when they're up close. And you think it'd be the other, like the other way around with the budget that it had. But no, I think the creatures look awesome how they're like death and they're just like a skeleton underneath but they're cloaked and like they're hiding their true form underneath it's very very fucking rad actually uh the the, the kill uh of of one of the main guys is is really cool yeah very solid very effective um happens very fast and like the other guy is almost not even like phased by it in a way which was kind of interesting but at the point, you're kind of wondering what's what's going on with these guys, right? Like, why they're on the run, why these things are chasing them, the obvious questions. Uh, and then you get to the hotel, and I think everybody's had this type of dream where, like, you're constantly in a loop or you're running from something, and, like, it just it never ends. And, it, like, it just keeps happening in, like, a familiar location. Like those dreams where like you almost feel like you've been there before or it's like a recent place or like a place that you've been to in like your childhood but you mm -hmm. can't piece together like where or what it is that kind of gave me the vibes with like the music playing in the background and the lighting especially the lighting was very effective in that hotel shot um but yeah we're kind of wondering what's going on and i th this was a cool opening I like the opening. I like how it was relatively short. It got straight to the point and it had an awesome transition into the next one. The, the creature designs look uh, one of the best I've ever seen. They're pretty good for CG, man. Super interesting. Yeah, full CG. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normally the, I'd be the against whole... the full CG, but it worked in this. It yeah. worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They low key reminded me of like a peanut, just like because they had like a head shape thing going on. But um, the hiding of the identity, the centipedes constantly crawling, awesome, awesome, awesome. Brendan, what did you think of the the first short? So uh, initially, I thought that it was kind of lame that it was that that it was broken up and we're seeing the end of their story at the beginning and then we get the beginning of their story but the more that i think about that the more that i i'm kind of uh, appreciative of how they did it only because and we'll obviously get into the the other stories but this movie never really slows down there's never a slow moment and they're always introducing something new after the beginning we get the the girls that get possessed by the meat and then that turns into a chase and then she gets fucking hit by a car and then we have a full surgery scene and then from there we see the dispatcher you know it, there's all this stuff we get a, a dude with claws um and i think that if they would have ended it without any more really out of the park or out of this world visual things after they kill the family's daughter, which they wanted to let her go. Um, uh, after they kill her, the creature comes up outside of her, like from her stomach. And that's such like a, a really visually interesting moment. And I think that if they wouldn't have been able to end on such a high note, that it would have left me a little sour. So I'm I'm glad that they ended up breaking it up so that we could get one more really cool because that's kind of the last big moment of the movie, I think. Um is, and, sorry, is this the most mysterious one out of all of them? Well, Just, so I I think th this who, who is the family? Why are they like why do they have demons coming out of them? I, I think it kind of this is the inciting incident that sets off the demon awakening because they made it very clear that they didn't want to kill the girl. So, and uh, I, I'm I'm not going to be because I know that there's some race issues when it comes to Native Americans being the 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 butt of why horror things are happening. Um, 
but I'm almost kind of curious, like if their initial idea was some kind of Native American spirit that didn't that an innocent girl gets killed and now the spirit is coming to to haunt and take revenge for the killing of an innocent person uh but i'm I'm not going to say that because i know that it's that's a, a touchy subject so the final guy who was stuck in the loop chasing his daughter the um was it the family that abducted his daughter and that was his daughter that he was like coming no. to let go from them is no, that, I I don't believe no. so, because that that that's the impression that I got, and that, and that's why like oh why 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 do you kill her you know yeah well, there's I, no answer there's no answer there is no answer so <laughs> it could it's all speculation so I think that I mean one could say like okay well first of all just to address like the why the monster coming out and all that I mean south this town is hell right like this is hell on earth so there's not going to be like reasonable explanations on why any of this is happening <laughs> um. Like a, the killing of an innocent on in this hell type town could be the the result of death being birthed from this like innocent person like a bunch of wild theories right, um, but this the guy the the husband obviously did something terrible enough for these people to murder his try to attempt to murder his entire family right. So maybe it was like a human trafficking kind of thing. Maybe the guy is like a business suit that's into some real dark shit. Um, whatever the case, this town is almost like a magnet for for terrible people, right? And for for evil. So it wasn't a coincidence that all these people that seemed innocent on the outside were being drawn into this town, right? To do despicable, horrible things. And we kind of get a glimpse of that with the one tattooist. Um, we kind of get a glimpse of people being able to come into this town and stay there as like a resident, like an outside person that gets to stay there and like chooses to be there rather than be like trapped there or have alternate reasons for being there. Right. Like people can evil people like she, like she murdered her family. She murdered her, 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 you know, her dad and her mom. And, it's almost like Southbound accepted her as one of their own because of how evil she was. Ooh, yeah. And and let her stay without uh and let her be around all these like demons and monsters and fucking all these crazy beings and she was able to accept like everything else that was happening. So actually I, that's that's kind of a really good point because the girl in the band, she let her friend go off and get murdered. Or her her friend, she let her friend go off and her friend died we could maybe make an argument that the guy in the middle, his test was after he hit this girl, his, his test is how far will he go to try and save her life? Yeah. And because he, he, even even though he, he fails, he tried as hard as he could to do it, which is why he's allowed to leave. Let's speculate. Mm -hmm. Why, why, why was, why was the man? So if everybody's drawn here, like, like if we're going with that theory, if, if evil people are drawn to this location, right? Mm -hmm. What brought him there? I don't know if people are drawn. I don't know if good people are drawn. I think it's one of those things where you're driving through town, you hit someone, now is your test. And if you fail, you're stuck here. Sorry to bring this back to video games, yeah. but this kind of, the, this story, this story reminds me a lot of how people are drawn to Silent Hill and it's to fight like internal battles, right? Or, the, or evil people are drawn to Silent Hill to face their shit. People don't just stumble across Silent Hill. You, you're drawn there. And I think that this is kind of the same thing. Um, I always got the impression that this guy was uh, like had infidelity problems and like the, the woman talking on the phone was not his wife. It was like yeah. someone else. Oh, okay. And I always yeah, got she, that impression. Yeah. I don't know why I got that impression, but but I always did. He just looks kind of scummy. He looks like a businessman. So I mean <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. I I I think he was drawn there for another reason, but people could just stumble in there. But 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 to your point, the girl might have been driven there because she her selfish reasons mm-hmm. let her friend die you know based on lust she wanted to fuck some guy and so now she got her friend killed and hence southbound but 
I took it as she was going through her punishment for letting her friend die. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And like her fucking someone and then like someone reaching in her stomach and like blowing her lungs out instead of her back. Um, that was like a little, you know, gotcha moment where, you know, things, things come around in Southbound. Things, town motto, things come around. (laughs) Things come around. Things reach around in Southbound. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we, the, we can just go out of order. The middle story, the accident is, I think is my favorite one. Um, the whole scenario with the dude, I, I really just put myself in his shoes and, uh, the gory moments and the, like, the, the conversations on the phone with the ladies and the, the, the one lady, she brings in another woman and then there's eventually another person who, and you, you don't quite see everything, it's it's just it's not a straight scenario. It's, it it keeps getting more and more haunting. The moment that got me is so she fractures her leg. Uh, she gets hit by his car and fractures her leg. He is she holding gets hit her by up. his car. You're Wait, making what? it sound like she if it was a man, if it was a man, he hits her with a he car. He would have got oh. hit. To be fair, she was walking in the middle of nowhere. Um, at night, no one around. How was he supposed to know? See, he's um, supposed to be paying attention <laughs> and not cheating on his wife. We all get it. Um, but he's holding her. She breaks her. She completely breaks that leg, and like her leg folds in on herself forward. And um, it is the most disgusting thing I've seen in a movie recently, for sure. Um, and then Can he puts I, her on the on the stretcher, and it's like the leg is still like breaking off and like hanging by like veins and arteries. It's disgusting, Brendan. On on the leg break thing, one of my favorite like little moments is when he's carrying her through the hospital. Right before he puts her down, she slips in his arm. And you can see, like, he tries to catch her, and it just breaks her leg even more. And there's, like, this little squelching sound. Yeah. That was, that moment for me, it it made me, it, like, took my breath away for a second. I was like, oh, okay. And this short is done by David Bruckner. In the, most of the, uh, the surgery scene, uh, he filmed in his apartment. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, I this this whole thing is effective for me because it really taps into like nightmares I've had where I'm constantly calling out for somebody like I like I am not going to be the source of help, but I'm kind of put in the position to be Mm -hmm. and I'm just letting things go like I'm letting things just get worse and there's nothing I can do about it. That's that it taps into that for me like heavily. So this is kind of wild, not just from like a visual side, because it is very gory and stuff. It's very disturbing in that sense, but it's just on a psychological level, a psychological level, it just the the being alone and in a place that should be a safe haven and in a place that should have all the help you need, when that place is taken away and there's nothing to help you, it's it's very scary. And also uh, it, good. I was just going to say, did anyone else kind of think it was like funny when the first, when the second person joined the phone call with the dispatcher and it's like, okay, she's been listening the whole time. Kind of, it makes sense. And then the dude joins the surgeon and he's like, I've been listening the whole time. And it's like, well, first of all, you didn't say anything for the past 20 minutes, but (laughs) um, I I did chuckle when the the surgeon joined because I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Everyone joining in and like knowing the situation but knowing he's fucked and they're like mm-hmm. just pulling a prank on him at the end it's a uh, yeah. pretty fucked up scenario but do you um, think this so what do you think this was like and then like them just he was almost pardoned for everything and like we're gonna give you it's your exact car but before the accident nothing ever happened you were never here he gets to drive off he's essentially the one person who gets to leave southbound mm-hmm. and i wonder why that is the only thing I can think of is he, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to Saul, but he, he's being tested. Um, I mean, he actually tries to save her. That he, girl before yeah. didn't try to save her friends. 
Oh, no, she did try to save her friends. She, like, cut one and then kicked one in the face. Well, it's because they started chasing her. Yeah, like after they were already gone, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they was gone. They 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 ate mothers. They was gone okay. already. <laughs> this girl looked fucked as all can be. Like she was pretty gone, but he still tried. But why would a place like hell reward somebody for doing the right thing at that point? Right? Maybe like it's if purgatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys got to play it Silent Hill purgatory. too, man. You guys got to. <laughs> this is Silent Hill too, man. I'm telling you. Go ahead. Uh, moving on to the next story, jailbreak. Uh, Brennan, what do you think about this one? This is the one where the, the man comes into the bar trying oh. to save his sister. Uh, that was my least favorite one. Um, I did, I did like that little intricacy of you can't see the door, which is why when the dispatcher goes inside the bar. Everyone's like, you shut the door, right? Please tell me you shut the door. Um, I thought that was a nice little moment, but um, mm-hmm. eh, I didn't really care for this one. I, I okay. just thought, yeah, I just thought she, he, he, he saves his sister. Um, and then that whole scene of them driving in the car down that really bumpy road with all the colors, it just didn't do anything for me. I think this short spawned potentially the most lore for southbound mm. with the cult the the i don't even know what they were um when he put his hand over his eye and saw like the other beings that were around him and then eventually whatever whatever he got eaten by um it, it i mean it, we were even we before we even brought this up we were still talking about uh, uh how she killed her parents and she was sent there and she she got to stay there so I think this um, was a a very important short in this uh, in this film, just for lore aspects. Kyle. Well, and that that speaks true oh, because man. every tattoo artist has killed their parents. I couldn't have said it better myself, Ian. <laughs> um, I was going to say the exact same thing before you kind of went off on your on your explanation. This, uh, yeah, this b- before this segment. It's all a bunch of stitched together scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's no glue yet. This was the glue that pieced everything together a little bit. This is probably, if it wasn't for the very well acted scene of the hospital, this was probably my favorite segment because of the added context that it gives to everything. And it kind of, it kind of gives that little uh, carrot on the stick for you to start putting your own narrative to things, right? So you're like, oh, so what is this? Oh, okay, so people, people out from the outside now have discovered this place and live here. And then you start to piece together other things. Uh, I like that this embodiment of evil, this, this evil woman was able to come here and not only live here, but also uh, serve a purpose, which is being able to... I don't know why he's laughing so hard. Bro, why are you sitting like that? <laughs> yeah, that was... I, I tried to breeze past that, so I give you I give you a lot of credit, Brendan, because that was the most... <laughs> sitting like what? I don't know how your guys are bunched up down there, but good lord. Um, so it... I just gave you some added lore to the ruminations of Red Rum. <laughs> um, I had a bunch of more questions. Off. I'm not us. done yet. I'm not done yet. Oh my god! Okay, um, we're at 50 minute mark. Just so you know, I don't give a fuck. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I like how uh, in yeah. this segment, the tattooist, she's she kind of has like a service. She she adds a value for being there. It's not just she gets to live there, right? She's creating like you see her tattooing the guy on the back with the same symbols. Um the people that are utilizing her tattoos to navigate the town. It's very cool. I like it. Sorry. Now you can continue. I'm done with my thought. I I I think I'm just going to have to wrap it up. I have a bunch of questions. Do I keep going? I don't know. Is yeah, keep going. Can... Keep going real quick. Damn, okay. Um Okay, so we went over this a little in the beginning, but uh, do you guys prefer anthologies directed by one person that all come back together, like Trick or Treat, or something like this um, that has kind of one 
directional mind, but multiple people. This, this is a very unique story, or this is a very unique film, I think. Um, one directional story that kind of has the same idea around it. With great multiple. question. Great right. question. Great question. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is an easy answer for me. Easy. So I want to give it to you first. I, I think it honestly, uh, it depends on the filmmaker. You know, you look at John Carpenter's body bags um, <laughs> or, or, or trick or treat. You know, I, I think that those directors are able to carry those. I can't really think of too many anthology films that were made by just one person, though. Um, I think it, it works for this. If your filmmakers are talented enough to be able to carry five different stories with different atmospheres and tones, but still make it feel like one cohesive piece, um, like, like this film does, then I think that's what I would prefer. Cause then you get, you know, different visual styles of storytelling. So I, I would prefer a film like this if the directors and writers are competent enough to create this kind of linear cohesion story. Yeah. I prefer multiple directors in an anthology film personally. That's just a preference thing. Um, there's obviously examples where a singular director, like or hate Trick or Treat, I'm not a huge fan of Trick or Treat like everybody else is, but um, I know how popular that movie is, and it's a good movie. Um, there's, there's pros and cons to each. Um, so I think it comes down to being more of a preference thing. Uh, I like the VHS style of separated stories. Um, I, I think that adds a lot of value with the directors because it gives them more of a spotlight. Whereas in something like Southbound, it's almost put together so seamless, seamlessly that you don't really know when one ends and one begins. Which right, can, like if, if you didn't know it was done by other people, you would think it was one... Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's cool. Um, I, I'm glad we have both examples, though, yeah. in the industry, right? Like, I'm glad we get to experience both kinds of anthology films. But um, I think this one does it very effectively. And I think the culmination of all these directors coming together to make something that literally blends together so well and tells such a very cool overarching story of this place is impressive and that's why i think that this film does not get as much love as i think it should it's because it's it, it's actually a very well put together anthology film mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i like that the genre of anthology films isn't set to one particular style of thinking i like how it can be you can get your your southbounds or your vhs's or your um abc's of death super different varieties of uh anthology films and um i think that's what make that's that's what i like most about this the genre um and why it's my favorite um but with that being said we are going to get into our final thoughts ladies and gentlemen brendan jesus ortega hit me. uh <clears throat> fun movie uh wish i hadn't waited this long to watch it uh this will definitely be going in my october rotation every year uh would like would like to get a physical copy of it if i can if not so be it i will give this a i think i'm comfortable with a with a four and um instead of a heart i'm gonna give it a collapsed lung <laughs> four with a collapsed lung kyle um always been a fan of this movie and i could understand on surface level people seeing this as i don't want to say generic but i think people expect to have things explained to them a little bit more than than they need to sometimes sometimes and i think the magic of this movie is kind of creating your own narrative and piecing things together and and part of it is not knowing sometimes not knowing is cool 
and it makes it more interesting. The amb- ambiguity is is kind of a pro to me in a film like this. Now, it, films don't always do it well, but I think this one does it extremely well. And for an anthology film like this, I haven't seen... Like, I think this is leaps and bounds better than Trick or Treat, in my opinion, just the way the structure is and and the, the type of story that it tells. But it's in the same formula as Trick or Treat. Um, I think this movie's underrated, and I think... Uh, I mean, I would welcome... This is one of the few films will, where I would even welcome a sequel, but it being on its own is kind of like... It kind of makes it a little bit more sacred to me. I think this is one of the better anthology films. This may seem extreme, but like I feel like if we're just basing it off of the category that it's in, it deserves to be placed higher than, than it does. It's not a perfect film by any means, but if you're trying to compare it to an Oscar-winning Scorsese, Scorsese film and you know something like that, it's not in the same category, right? So I think in yeah, it's better, it's better <laughs> in <laughs> horror and in anthology, in the genre and subgenres that it is. I think it's, I think it's up there, dude. And I don't think it it gets enough credit. I'm going to give this a four and a half and a heart. Wow, I think that's the longest review kyle's ever given and for the amount of time that he downplayed this movie um, (laughs) years years of downplaying it um i i don't even know what i can say that you guys haven't um this film was very interesting very mysterious very unique to the genre and um i think it really really stands out I think it might might even be like top four, top five uh, anthology films. This is a great uh, horror film. I'm going to give it a four with a collapsed lung. So this brings it of a total ruminations of red rum rating of a four stars with a collapsed lung. How do you guys feel about that? I kind of want to give it a four and a half now. <laughs> Too late. We are going to get into our, before we get into our famous game, most famous game, what we're known for, um, we are going to hit you with this milky, gushy, um, slushy, thick piss break. Please enjoy a clip from our sponsors. You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. Welcome back, folks. Hope you had a thick, gushy piss break. Um, We are going to get into our game show, What's in the Box? A game show that needs no introduction at this point in our careers. We've been playing it for the past year straight, maybe even longer. I don't need to, I don't need to explain the rules. Contestants, are you ready? You know, every episode could be someone's first episode. It's true. That's true. Way but it be, gives them incentive to, be to watch our other episodes if you want to learn the rules. That's fair. That's fair. Um... And I will say, for one of these, uh, for one of these movies, there is no rating. But I'm gonna leave that up to you guys. <sighs> That's a Brennan thing to do. No, I've never done that. I have never done she that. Never done that. No, not this. But it's it's a twist Brennan would throw us. I'm saying it's a twist Brennan would throw us. He does love like, his twist. Like there's twist. one thing connecting all these movies, and it's like it's the same best boy for all the movies. <laughs> they all had a Dutch angle in the third act. <laughs> Actually, you just right, gave me a good idea. It's, it's funny. Um, Wait, so what do you mean you're going to leave it up to us? I'm going to leave it up to you guys. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, All right, just, so, just go. Just how does it all make sense? If you think it has a rating, let's give it a rating. If you don't think, see whatever. See whatever. See whatever. No man can resist her. All men should. A bachelor Sounds like party. my ex wife. Sorry, I had to. Oh. It had to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. A bachelor party becomes a savage fight for survival when a gr- when the groomsman unwillingly unleashes the fabled predator upon the festivities. 
2.6. God, you're getting good at this, Brennan. I mean, were you ever bad, though? You've won like two years in a row. <laughs> um, or how long have we been doing this? Doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to go 2.8. So 2.8 from Kyle and 2.6 from Brennan. Yeah. Let me write the points down. Because we are not starting with donuts for the first time. This is sitting at a 2.5. Brendan, you were one point short. Um, Guess the decade. Is this that movie with that little, like, wooden doll character thing? Wait, so so we both got a point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to answer your questions. Unlike Kyle, I'm not giving you anything, Brendan. I never give any. What are you talking about? (sighs) He's in a mood today. Uh, well, did eight. I log this movie within the last six months? Get the fuck out of here. Is that supposed to be Brennan? Or? <laughs> yeah. It was. Gotcha. Um, I'll say what are we guessing? Eight. I'm moody today. What are we guessing? I got attitude, fellas. <laughs> You're guessing the decade. Oh, gotcha. Um, 90s. 2000s. 90s. And Brennan? Oh, I said 80s. So we got 80s and 90s. Both incorrect. This is the 2016 Greg Bishop film, Siren. Oh, that was based on the VHS Siren. Mm, I see the connection. I do too. And there, these films are connected in a way. <laughs> in this movie, there's kids versus aliens. Dude, that was the wrong time to take the water. <laughs> Like Ian's dumbass. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. She'll love you to death when a crew of bank robbers believe that an uh, alluring young woman has blown her cover. Oh, they kidnap the something. girl. What? Nothing. What? They kidnap the girl. Back at their hideout, they develop sinister plans to molest and kill her. Uh, when one of the crooks mysteri- mysteriously turns up dead, however, they begin to realize that their intended victim may be a powerful supernatural force. Three point oh. I thought you were gonna say four. <laughs> uh, two point eight. Three point four. Two point eight. No, he said 3.0. 3.0. 2.8. Jesus. Donuts on the board. This was the one film that did not have an average. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. Guess the decade. How how would we have gotten right then? Oh, if we we would have said no score. Oh, my God. Um, We should get a point just for for simple, Simple rules here. Simple rules. I'm going to read the description of a film. You have to guess which one doesn't have a score. Uh, Give um, a one and three shot. And you blew it. You blew it. I would say fair enough, but um, what's, what are we doing? The, the decade? The 2000s. 2000s. Actually, no, 2010s. And Brennan? I, you're not listening to me. I said 2010s like three times. 2010s. And Kyle's hopping on the bandwagon for twenty. I said it first. Well. No, oh, wait, no, no. Brennan did say it first. You okay. said you said two thousands, and now you're saying twenty tens. Both twenty tens. Yeah, and you are both getting zero points awarded. This is the two thousand and four film Siren. <laughs> on to the next film. You God. When you. did these turn into like the shittiest fucking movie? You know what? Go ahead. Seduction is murder. A group of friends. <laughs> Let me guess. It's Siren, 1974. <laughs> guess the movie. Guess the movie. <laughs> uh, Woo! See, yeah, see how it feels, Brendan, to be on the opposite end of this? But why did I deserve this? <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't. You're right. Thank you. Did you even read the description? Does no, but it? you know what it's called. Go ahead and read the description. Seduction is murder. A group of friends escaping the city for a weekend away have a simple plan to tour the coast for a relaxing weekend. Things hit a snag when one of the friends spot a seductive 
slurring young woman waving for help offshore of one of the many secluded islands along the coast. Welcome to my life, because you said simple plan earlier. Um, I was going to say good ban earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> for like the 90th time I've done this episode. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go 2.1. I'm going to go 2.4. Good guess. I was just feeling salt, saucy. Brendan gets the point. Kyle, you get no points. This is a 2.7. <laughs> You could have just said Brennan got the point. You could have said I got no points. <laughs> Guess the decade. We are this. This is make it or break it, Kyle. Oh, is it? I wasn't keeping track. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say. Do you, do you want me to go first? No, I'll go first. Fuck it. I'll go to shit. Um, 2020s. Okay, good. Because I was gonna say 2010s. <clears throat> and Brendan furthers his lead. In the year, this is the 2010 film Siren. Do I get an extra point because I got it? No, you don't. (laughs) With that being said, folks, (laughs) I have been your out of mind host, Kyle. Are you okay? To everyone's tripping right now. (laughs) I think Brennan, or I mean, I think Ian finally put me into a stroke. (laughs) I'm stroking too. Um, I've been your host, Ian. Two E's triple e's how many ever you want on there um if you like what we're doing here out of this episode you know what the depth the episode was good i liked i liked the conversation with southbound that was it was good i think it was good um do you see where i was like we probably shouldn't tackle it episode or i mean segment by segment now Mm -hmm. it just it just didn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't work because it's it's a unique film exactly it was it was a unique film it wasn't like vhs um if you like what we're doing here, follow us. Give us a like on iTunes, Spotify, um, our website. Jesus fucking Hit Christ. us up on Twitter. You didn't say we're the blah, blah, blah of the Ruminations Radio Network. I, I, I was going to work that into mine since he skipped it. I was yeah. going to say... This has been another episode of Ruminations this was of Red Rum. the perfect episode. The so. Purgatory... <laughs> <laughs> the purgatory of the Ruminations Radio Network, or the collapsed lung. Ooh, you had that would have been a good so one. Many. That would have been a good one. With that being said, we are the simple plan of the Ruminations Radio Network. Um, the toxic meat joining us. <laughs> we are the we are the hanging on by a thread leg of the Ruminations Radio Network. It, joining us, Brendan Jesus Ortega. The Hail Ratma. Number one in our pencils. Number one in our hearts. 26th Doctor. Kyle with a K. You got a ride. <laughs> Stay spooky. Please. <laughs>